This is SparkPod, a podcast about Zoe's extraordinary playlist with your hosts, Trisha, Bethel, and Missy. Stay tuned every week as we wrap up and catch up and discuss what happened on Zoe's extraordinary playlist. Welcome to SparkPod, a podcast about Zoe's extraordinary playlist. Today we are talking about Season 2, Episode 10, Zoe's Extraordinary Girls' Night, written by Alicia Carroll and directed by Richard Lewis. And the summary is, Zoe gets more than she bargained for when she tries to help Emily with a problem. Maggie reconnects with an old friend. Max, Simon, and Mo have a bonding night together. So... This episode was heavy. We start with Zoe sitting in with Emily as she sobs in Miles' nursery. This week tackled depression, not knowing who to turn to for help. Plus having to admit that there is something wrong in order to receive or accept help. This episode brought up a lot of feelings that we are familiar with ourselves and with members of our families. We will probably be laughing a lot less than normal as we discuss this episode. We also want to stress that if you are feeling alone, depressed, or suicidal, that there is help. The people in your life would much rather listen to your problems now than find out about them after you are gone. If you need help, call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 800 273-8255 or check out their website for more information. All right. Thank you, Bethel. Thank you. Yeah, so just getting that out of the way at the top of the episode because it's going to get heavy. Um, So we start off where we left off at the end of last episode. We are in Miles' nursery and Emily is, you know, sad and Zoe is here for her. Um, But, you know, Emily pretty much shuts down like right away. Uh, She's not a feelings person. No. (laughs) Um, She apologizes immediately for her outburst which is ridiculous but you know it's whatever um i'm i'm more like um the clarks really <laughs> you know it's just very out there with my feelings and, and it's okay to have feelings and i'm a worrier and i love to worry it's my favorite um and you know as zoe says emily says she doesn't want to worry david with this and she's always like he would want to be worried he the Clarks love to worry. It's what we do. And she's like, yeah, I noticed. Um, <laughs> I'm familiar. Thanks. I appreciate it. And, you know, David is sweet. David and Emily, like, are such a sweet couple. And I'll, we'll see more of that later. But, um, and of course, you know, Emily, pretty much as soon as, uh, you know, David pops in to say he's going to the grocery store and walks away, she's like, okay, well, now we're done having this feelings talk and she tries to change the subject. She offers to make Zoe a night quiche, which I love. I would like a night quiche. Um, That is another Uh, quiche. uh, I was unaware that night quiche was a thing. (laughs) Yeah. 
but I feel like but I like that. it. It's like uh, Liz Lemon's night cheese. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah, I could go for some some night quiche. Um, yeah, that's that's all I have for that scene. Anything? I have, I have a little note that says, you know, sorry I bothered you. Says depressed person everywhere. Like that is such a when a person is in the middle of a depressive episode, it can feel so hard to even tell other people how you're feeling because like I'm just gonna bother you because I'm so bothered by myself and that was just such such a real thing but my other question was who what new mom keeps a compact in the nursery for under eye touch yes thank you she had like a little makeup bag in the nursery yeah that just shows how severe everything actually is the fact that she had, how often has she, like, covered up how she's feeling? Mm-hmm. Literally covered up yeah. how she is feeling. So that she can still show herself as put together as she usually is, as she's used to being. Yeah. Yeah. So, this is not going to be as easy and cut and dry as uh, Zoe would have hoped. She's not just going to get Emily to tell her what's going on and then you know, fix it. Zoe is definitely a fixer. Um, And so Emily's kind of her project for the episode. Yeah. Um, So from there we are I believe at Simon's house. Um, Zoe's apartment but maybe it was Zoe's apartment. Oh, is it? Was it Zoe's? Okay, because Simon was making breakfast there. Yeah, it. He's okay. very comfortable in her space. Yes, um, okay. it has thrown me a couple of times. Um, I because- I was trying to remember what her place looked like because when they were at his place the other week, you had said like it was his place. It's nicer than hers, and I was like is this hers now or is this his well <laughs> and i very well may have been wrong to no, be honest he, he had a on... in the fridge though <laughs> i know i know but he's just very comfortable in her space is what i have noticed because the fireplace area and whatever was the same when he came over later in the episode mm. to surprise her so yeah okay so well so zoe appears to have just woken up and simon is giving like a a dad not quite pep talk (laughs) kind of a tough love pep talk to his cousin um zoe just woke up and she is uh wearing perfectly applied red lipstick um and then eats you know half of a very thin bagel with a tiny little bit of schmear on it because that's absolutely what everybody does for breakfast (laughs) also be sustained on that same amount of food (laughs) because sure sure Uh 10 calories is probably plenty Yeah, I'm sure that's all Simon needs to eat for breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was very cute, though, Simon giving that little encouraging slash tough love dog, like, shape up and, and do your stuff. But, you know, I know you can. Um, and then they talked about 
uh, Zoe trying to help out Emily kind of briefly. Um, kind of all I took notes on was the lipstick and the bagel, though. Yeah. I wondered at this point if tough love was kind of our theme for the week, which in a way it was, but it also very much wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I also noticed that uh, he was talking to his cousin Keenan, which is a sneaky <laughs> NBC tie-in. <laughs> it's true. Although yeah. the Keenan he was talking to was very much still a student taking calculus and not a widowed father of two, um, as in the NBC show Keenan. But I was like, sure, Keenan, let's subliminally just plant the next show that's on on Tuesday now instead of Zoe. It's a lot more <laughs> subtle than the Law and Order SVU references last week. This so. is true. This is true. Uh, yeah. I haven't actually watched Keenan yet, so I got to give it a try. I've only watched the pilot. Mm. Um, it is actually somehow, I don't know how Zoe is so cute when she talks with her mouth full, but it's freaking adorable. Right. <laughs> I just appreciate her really appreciating the side of Simon that she has not seen because she sees him in like the professional, like I'm trying to make sure everything looks good and I'm a spokesman and, and everything. And she has not seen him in this. All right, dude, get your act together. Let's go. You got this. Come on. I know you're avoiding me. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what that was, but I like it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was a nice, like, mention of Simon's dad. He was filling in for, like, what his dad used to do, and now he's, he does it, you know? And that was cool. It's, like, a nice way for Simon to be remembering his dad um, fondly and sort of carrying on his legacy. Yeah. It was, it was kind of hot. Yeah. I'm with Zoe. Yeah. And yeah, and she's cute eating her little bagel. Um tiny. That was like a bagel thin. Have you seen those? Like they're just really stupidly flat bagels. The um the obs- the, the monstrosities that should not exist. Yes, I have. <laughs> and, and then they put this very thin layer of perfectly applied even cream cheese on it. I do appreciate even cream cheese coverage. Yes, I like that. that. Edge to edge. That was really good. Yeah, I hate getting Excellent. that about cream cheese on it. So that was good. Abomination. Um, That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> They're an abomination. An abomination. Just eat a bagel. <laughs> <laughs> Especially if you're only eating half. <sighs> Eat a real bagel. Ah, I know. Not even any fruit to go with it. Oh, it was sad. That was a sad breakfast. I, I imagine the fruit was just about to be put on the plates right after the scene ended. I'd like to hope. Let's hope. Okay. I feel like Simon could do better. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the next scene is uh, at Maximo's and Max and Rose are talking about going to an event it was like a hologram concert thing i heard I mm-hmm. festival or something yeah yeah um but it's going to be after rose is gone so rose is going to go back to new york um and we're sad about it 
Um, but she's like, no, we're, remember, we're keeping things casual. Don't be sad. So she's trying to stress the casual nature of their relationship. Um, and Max is pretending that he can be casual. He's Mr. <laughs> casual. He says so himself. Mr. Casual. Mr. Casual. He, he has my favorite line of the episode. Oh, go for it. I know what you uh, mean. <laughs> I'm casual, not a monster. <laughs> because yes. some guy tries to come into the restaurant wearing socks with slides um, he's oh. like, oh, there's no socks and flip flops here <laughs> sorry <Yeah. laughs> he turns his man away <laughs> and the man is like oh yeah sorry dude I got it like, I, yeah he's very understanding about it <laughs> he knows what he's done <laughs> yes yeah. Uh, I'm he's, casual. He's monster. aware. He, <laughs> I had Max also had one of my candidates for a favorite line, which is, "I love pre-scheduling my breakups." <laughs> <laughs> yes, love it. Um, oh. Max. So we now we kind of know. Okay, this is what he's on for the episode. He's gonna be. I'm trying to be casual, but I don't want to be casual. I want to be serious. So. Mm-hmm. Now we've placed Max for the episode and we go to Maggie and Deb grabbing a coffee, uh, which makes me happy because I'm just happy that Deb, a.k.a. Bernadette Peters, the legend, is back. So they're getting coffee and um, Deb says she's glad that Maggie reached out to her. She was afraid that she had just kind of uh, gone, you know, antisocial and was um what did I write down making candles and shampoo I was like there's nothing wrong with making candles and shampoo please (laughs) okay as a person who does occasionally make soap um it's fine okay it is okay it is okay but um they have a nice chat about Maggie's dinner party and how all of her old couple friends just kind of view her as poor widowed Maggie and Deb wants to hang out and have a girls night out um, and have her not be Maggie the widow she can be anyone she wants Um, and I'm kind of shipping them a little bit here for sure yeah Um, I I loved when Maggie said, you know, I just want to stop being can't change the outgoing message, Maggie. Like, oh, oh, Maggie, you don't have to change that message yet. But if you're ready to, Deb will help you. Yeah. We'll cheer for you. Maybe Deb will sing your outgoing message for you. That would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's got to be something very difficult to do. Yeah. So... Can't I remember really. my mom made me change the outgoing message after my dad died because it was for the business, our house, our business is in our house. And um, she was like, all right, you get to do this. You were on the radio. You have radio voice. I'm not doing it. And I was like, Ugh, well, logic. OK, thanks. <laughs> mom hitting you with her unassailable logic. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Um. That was pretty quick. And then we go to David and Emily's house where Zoe is back again and mocks David's pants, which he says are his house jeans. I'm like, who's who wears house jeans? Thank you. If you're changing into house pants, 
don't wear jeans. Mine are pronounced sweatpants. I am wearing my house yoga pants right now. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In fact, I think this sweater might even be my house cardigan. I think it's it's <laughs> it's got so much cat fur woven into it now. I'm not sure I can wear it out anymore. <laughs> Being like Mr. Rogers, so that's classy. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're talking about... Uh, so Zoe's trying to find out... Um, if David has any idea what's going on with Emily and he's like, no, she's a machine. She just does everything. She's great. Um, it seems obvious that he knows something is up. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not gonna say so um, to Zoe right now because all you're seeing on the surface is that Emily does everything. She apparently gets up and bakes a seven layer cake at three in the morning. Um, but she's also wound pretty tightly. She's pretty upset that they didn't have tater tots. <laughs> so. I forgot the tater tots. Yeah. Um, this this scene is really interesting because he seems like like he's admiring so much how she does everything, and it just makes me think like of just women, just in general, women. doing all the things and you know like the phrase I don't know how she does it always gets me it's like she probably doesn't (laughs) you know she's either not doing it all or she's dying inside from trying to do it all you know so I when I watched this through the second time I was really watching David's face as he sang that gorgeous rendition of Billy Joel's To Make You Feel My Love. Yes. That song's just going to make me cry anyway. But um, he starts out with that very sort of adoring look on his face. And it gets crumplier and crumplier as he goes on. Like, he can tell he's not reaching her. And there's a moment in that choreography that took my breath away. Uh two times Emily falls back first she falls backwards and he just kind of catches her by the shoulders and gently writes her again and then when he's in front of her she falls forward and he catches her and holds her face in this like loving deep connected way and just very gently writes her and I was like even if he is trying to tell Zoe, oh yeah, no, she's got it. I think he's trying, I saw it as he was kind of trying to protect Emily because he knows that she's not, yeah. she's not a clarky talker um, yeah. and not going to want to talk about this. So he's kind of protecting her space a little bit, but he can see that she needs him to hold her up, whether that's mini ice cream sandwiches or singing Billy Joel while she dances in slow-mo. Like he knows something's wrong. Yeah. There that was heart song was so beautiful. There was a lot of tenderness in their interaction in that heart song. I noticed uh, those pieces of choreography as well, especially when she fell forward mm-hmm. and he caught her, and it was 
his face is very soft and personally I could feel how much he's trying to be like I would do anything for you Mm -hmm. I love you so much I will do whatever you need but you have to let me yeah (laughs) you know and And we've been in those spaces before. Like, I definitely experienced a little bit of postpartum after my first child. And I didn't really realize how much was there until I came out of it. And I asked my husband, I'm like, why didn't you say anything? He's like, I tried. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. I I just didn't realize how much I wasn't myself. Um until I started feeling like myself again. Yeah. So Yeah. And that's the thing with really with any kind of depression is you don't really realize how different you are until you're back to being you. You know. And, yeah, and even for um when I've been uh, the person watching someone I love feeling depressed, right. And falling into a depression. Sometimes it's not a light switch. Sometimes it's just turning down the volume until all of a sudden you're like, wait, what, what happened? Why? Where's your spark? Cause, cause it can happen by such small degrees over time that, uh, that it can really, feel like I I haven't changed what I've been doing. Like I've been in David's position of I haven't changed what I've been doing. I'm still right here. Why can't you see me? Um, because it's happened so slowly. Um, and by the time you kind of realize and recognize as a person on the outside of it, how bad it is, you feel it's such a loss um, to, to do anything. Like you don't know what to do about it. Um, and that can feel very scary and isolating as well, because I just, I, how did I miss it? And what can I do? Yeah. Honestly, that song, I mean, it was so moving to hear him and to see that simple and beautiful movement. But like, it made me want the whole episode to be just them. I and so in love with them as a couple. I love seeing how much they love each other. Um, my note here is that David and Emily are enough to make me believe that heterosexuality is not horribly cursed. And <laughs> <laughs> I love them so much. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was so sweet. And as um, always, Alice Lee's choreography choreographed dancing is just it is never not breathtaking ever word her movements and even just her facial expression you know Mm -hmm. and his singing was was beautiful and um just yeah just and the message of it they do such a good job picking out the songs you know like this is just uh, yeah like he would do anything for her yeah at this time she won't let him she's trying to do everything yeah yeah well and the other part of it is 
she was moving in slow motion, which when you're in the middle of a depressive episode, Mm -hmm. sometimes is how you feel like everything is hard. Yeah. So even just like the simple act of walking in and taking off your coat to put it away, you know, it's like she was floating through water almost because there was that resistance. Mm -hmm. Um, She had resistance she was working against. And it was just, it was a beautiful metaphor and it was a beautiful visual that really helped illustrate what it's like to be depressed clinically depressed Mm -hmm. yeah definitely it's just everything is so difficult to do yeah and and you can't tell by looking at her because she's doing things all the time which Mm -hmm. is really like a, a her coping mechanism um as we're gonna see more of um but yeah, i have a, every, i have a sibling hard. like that mm-hmm. one of my siblings is very much an alice mm-hmm. does not like to acknowledge the feelings <laughs> <laughs> and when they yeah. do feelings it is very uncomfortable for them yeah it's very um, when Zoe and David were talking um, about how to try to get Emily to open up, she was like, well, we need to, you know, talk to her and explain to her, you know, that we're all going through stuff and she's not alone. And I'm like, I don't think that telling her that you're all going through stuff is going to be the answer here. Because she knows that you're all going through stuff. She knows what all of you are going through. And that's what makes, that's one of the many things that makes her not feel like telling anybody anything because you're all going through your own stuff. That's the kind of person Emily is. She's going to be like, they're all still grieving Mitch. I'm not going to bother them. Their stuff's more bigger than my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. This is though totally in character for Zoe. Um, who we know relies on things she's done in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just like with the stargazing episode where it had to be the way that it was when she went with Mitch when she was little. This is like, hey, this is what's always worked. Let's try. I'm going to try the thing that always worked, even though we've already discussed that Clarks love to worry. <laughs> they love to talk about their feelings and mm-hmm. not so much. Yeah, it's very, like, they're both trying to come at the problem as if it's them experiencing it, not Emily. Yeah. You know, I did appreciate um, when they were talking about how they always found their Christmas presents before Christmas. And he was like, (laughs) we ruined every Christmas. And they were so excited about it. (laughs) Yeah. Bye. We're we're a great team. Teamwork. (gasps) The check-in chicken dinner. Oh. just like, yeah. It works for you guys, but uh, I don't think it's going to work on her. And it didn't. <laughs> I have notes about that. 
see <laughs> yeah yeah we're gonna get to it <laughs> um we go to Moe's where she's talking with Perry or he's I'm sorry he's talking with Perry and he's wearing a gorgeous wig again um we might have to pick a favorite Mo wig every episode um, oh that's hard because he has such a nice one at the end too yeah that oh. one Loved that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this was very, very glamorous and beautiful. Um, going over some uh, coffee beverages and pastries for the uh, breakfasts, I guess, at the at the restaurant. Yeah, the morning um, menu. The morning menu, which is funny because they don't make food there, but okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if, if those were from someplace else or not. Um, I did like Perry. Is it really wise to name every single thing on the morning menu after yourself? <laughs> and both <laughs> name the mochaccino. That's just what it's called. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and so, like, Mo very maturely apologizes for not having been understanding about the stuffed box. And, you know, I mean, that's not entirely on him because Perry didn't really explain how it was important, but okay. Um. <laughs> it Like, as far as apologies go, it was an excellent one. It was, here is, I understand what this was, why it hurt you, here's what I'm doing. Um, and I just, props to Mo for an actual apology. Yeah. As a- but, well, you didn't tell me that that's what it was, and it's mochaccino. <laughs> yeah, it was a good apology. It was a solid, like, real, actual apology. Um, and then, of course, he really wants to get to know the kids, and, and so this is, like, a weird, weird territory here but he wants to meet Perry's kids so he wants to be somebody that they could trust with the kids and he's learning CPR (laughs) and wanted to get a puppy to prove that he could keep something alive but what was it like the wait was too long so he got a hamster John Hamster John John Hamster um I love it I love John Hamster that's great um I don't I don't love insisting that you meet your partner's kids and then when they're not ready for it, somehow taking that personally. Um, and this is one of the things that I, I wasn't that thrilled with the way it resolved. I don't think it I don't think that Mo needed to meet Perry's kids this episode. I feel like, you know, it's within Perry's rights to just say, you know what, not yet. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I loved when they did meet don't get me wrong <laughs> right um, but you have to leave it up to people to decide when you can meet their kids you know I as as a person who has been a parent dating and such um, yeah when my first person I dated after uh my kid's dad and I split up like he brought his daughter on our second date like last minute change of plans she's coming with us 
wow yeah it was so not cool (laughs) so not cool whoa yeah and this is like my first parent dating experience and then of course you know he has two daughters so once one of them had met me you know I was a novelty and the other one needed to meet me too and I was like (laughs) so that was weird and I was like you're not meeting my kids yet they're definitely not ready for this (laughs) well and honestly at that point I would imagine you're not even sure that guy (laughs) like like, why are you also seeing if your kid he was he was auditioning you as their new mom yeah yeah that was it was a whole thing um (laughs) (laughs) this is a person who was really just trying to go headfirst into commitment um right who was not in a place to be doing that me (laughs) he probably wasn't in a place to be doing that either but um but yeah it's it's weird and people need to respect other people's boundaries about when you meet their kids and not take it personally if somebody's not ready to introduce you to your kids to their kids it's not you it's not because you're bad and you're unsafe and i you know maybe perry could have made that clearer so that mo would understand because mo probably i don't think most dated somebody with kids before no that we that no, we know of no. yeah <laughs> so um you know he might not get that but like <laughs> it's just you don't you want to keep things stable in their life and some people want to introduce their kids early on because they want to get an idea whether their kids like you because if the kids aren't going to like you you know bye-bye and I respect that too it kind of depends on what your kids are like like if they're going to meet this person and become very attached then you gotta hold off um (laughs) but yeah you know, it's you, you have to feel out the situation. It's definitely different for everybody. And that's why you really just, you have to respect other people's decisions on that kind of stuff. Although bringing your kid on a second date is weird. Um, to say. Uh, in general, that's yeah. too yeah. soon. It was like a, I don't know. She, I don't remember why she was unexpectedly with him when she wasn't going to be and he didn't want to cancel the date. But you could have canceled the date. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, that's my little uh, my little story there about that. Um, well, but yeah, and, Mo clearly takes it personally. <laughs> and I did not pick up on that to the degree that you did um, because I've never been in that situation. All right. Because um, I thought Mo actually handled it pretty well for Mo, especially. Mm-hmm. Um the fact that he was like, this is what I'm doing. I'm just letting you know I'm performing on Sunday. That might be a good time for you to bring your kids and I could meet them. And when he was like, I'm not sure. He was like, oh, like disappointed, but didn't necessarily. Uh, like didn't he didn't throw a tantrum. No. Didn't want, you know what I mean? It was just like, a, okay, like, I, I guess I get it. Um, I'm just trying to make sure you know that I'm ready to meet them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm ready to meet me, I'm ready. 
And yeah. he, he, you know, he said, well, I'm not going to let you meet John Hamster until I'm ready either. Um, <laughs> but I think you could kind of tell at the end of the scene that he was hurt by it. And then later yeah. he sort of fixated on it. Um, so he was putting up a front like it wasn't bothering him in front of Perry. Um, they're not great at um, maybe full communication yet but then again yeah. it's a tv show and if they were it wouldn't be very interesting correct <laughs> correct so, yeah they they perry needs to be a lot more like more than one sentence about mm-hmm. why a thing won't work yeah um, or will work and mo needs to be a lot more um yeah but that's how this made me feel yeah and just say it like say how you feel and Perry could be more you know yeah like it's not you in this case you could say something like it's not because of you yeah I don't know how long he and his ex have been split up or anything like that I don't remember if they've mentioned it but I don't believe so he might be just trying to feel out this situation himself yeah it hasn't been long is all he says about how long it's been certainly not get a backup fox lovey yeah right (laughs) yes exactly um but yeah mo like on the surface handled it very maturely um and not just by saying the word mature over and over again correct um, but by having fabulous hair and a fabulous hamster (laughs) and an amazing jacket yeah, I loved that jacket. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. I love everything that Mo's doing all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, we go to Maggie's for the check-in chicken dinner. <laughs> I love that. Pun. Yeah. So Maggie's chicken parm apparently is famous and makes people spill their guts, but not Emily. Because guess what? She's not like you. Nope. <laughs> she's, she's not like you. Still, the like discomfort wafting off the television set. Oh my God. Also, just even the way that they staged it, Emily is sitting all by herself. Uh huh. Yeah. On one ta- on one side of the table, Maggie's at the head of the table, which makes sense. But like David and Zoe are like d- staring, big saucer eyes directly at her which feels like laser beams you're right yeah I noticed that too I'm like no 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 that's not how you get someone to be comfortable and open up no maybe if they want her to open up David if he wants to be encouraging could have sat next to her (laughs) right (sighs) oh so funny um Deb enters singing Cheap Thrills. Love it. I, 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 like, there are so many things to say about her entrance. Um, not the least of them being, holy heck, she looks really good in that blue. Mm. Um, and, it's funny how certain people, and we've discussed this a little bit, certain people interact with Zoe during 
their heart songs. Yeah. And oh, Deb interacted like even <laughs> like go ahead, sing the next part. You know what's coming. <laughs> Dancing with her, giving her a line. Oh, so good. She was hitting the the bottle of wine. The bottle. <laughs> so good. Yeah, oh. the like humming, kind of drinking, and then mm-hmm. dancing, like yeah. finishing. <laughs> yes. Oh, I forgot to mention at uh, David and Emily's house that they also have a kitchen island because apparently everybody has a kitchen island except me. So just um, bitter. I don't. Thank you. I appreciate it. A lot. It's attached. <laughs> I have a galley kitchen. There is no place for an island. Yeah, you have a galley kitchen. I have um, a spacious enough kitchen, uh, but it does have a nice little window into the living room, which is great when you have kids and you want to keep an eye on them and or make conversation with them while you're in the kitchen. Um, It's also handy because that's where I put Violet's food bowls because she doesn't feel safe eating on the floor because the other cats will attack her when she's vulnerable. (laughs) So. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. So that's my kitchen envy. Um, Deb is fabulous, and uh, apparently she and Maggie were going to go out tonight. And Maggie sent her a text to cancel because they were going to have their check-in chicken dinner. But Deb is on a digital cleanse ever since her grandniece locked her out of her phone. <laughs> yeah. Hannah is, I don't want to say a lost cause, but yes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. That is, uh, that was what I wrote down as my favorite line of the episode. As bad as it is to call a five-year-old a lost cause. Well, there I said it. <laughs> I did want to point out that going to a casino is not generally cheap thrills. And no, you are going to need dollar bills to have fun tonight at a casino. I just technicality, Deb, technicality. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, I was kind of hoping when Emily invited Deb to stay, um, obviously she was just trying to get out of it. I almost hoped that maybe the two of them were about to become good friends um, and that maybe Emily would open up to Deb. Because that is magic. Yeah, because she's wonderful and magical. Um, But no, it didn't work. And, you know, the Clarks kind of need to learn. Sometimes you have to meet people where they are and not where you are or where you want them to be. Yeah. (sighs) But they mean well. Always has a very difficult time with the plan changing. (laughs) Like, no, this is how I pictured this happening and no you can't it's about is going to be so ungracious as to say no you can't stay right yeah. right well and I think you know she she's assuming correctly that Emily's not going to open up if Deb's there but also sure. yeah Emily wasn't going to open up anyway it's just far more comfortable because now you're all not going to grill her because Deb's here <laughs> now there's someone literally sitting next to her at the table yeah thank you <laughs> yep. <sighs> um, but anyway, Bernadette Peters is fantastic and we love her. Always. Um, so now it is Zoe and Simon time again. Zoe is up and I think Simon had wanted to surprise her with breakfast, but she's up and she's doing some researching, reading medical books, I guess, that she she wants to know about um 
postpartum depression so she's kind of picked up on what the right thing is she's got questions about ssris um (laughs) so what i don't love here is that simon is giving her advice that i guess in some cases might be right um but he's saying that she should stop pestering emily and let her wait for her to come to her with her problems and it's not not completely wrong but it's not right yeah zoe's not badgering her in the right way (laughs) but she should keep trying to get her to tell her because if you leave it alone and wait for her to come to you she's not gonna come to you um and leaving postpartum depression alone is straight up dangerous and he had said actually the first breakfast we saw together if there's someone in need you go to them and that's what she's trying to do um felt a little bit like a bait and switch yeah it's a little bit inconsistent um and maybe i don't know the writers just kind of want simon to say the thing they need him to say right now yeah (laughs) um because then that can create a little bit of not conflict but a little bit of tension uh in the zoe simon dynamic and it gives zoe kind of her own problem now that she needs to deal with because it seems like you know simon wants her attention and she is focused on emily i do think part of where from is the fact that it's like okay that's a bigger problem than you alone can help her with yeah you know i i get his point from that standpoint that idea that if this is really postpartum depression talking to zoe isn't gonna fix it but talking to zoe might get her to a place where she starts to work on what she needs to do to fix it exactly Mm -hmm. because where she is right now is not admitting there is a problem so she's not going to go get the kind of help that she needs Um, until she gets to the point of admitting what's actually going on you know Um, clue that I missed on the first watch that I noticed on the second one when she's like do you know about like the serotonin uptake you know the SSRIs Mm -hmm. Um, and he's like no are yours okay (laughs) she's like yeah. She, what did she say? Debatable or something like that? Debatable. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, hmm, okay, we're going to keep an eye out for that because <laughs> as we as we know at the end of the episode, Zoe is getting herself some help too. Um, and yeah, so this is also setting up that, you know, maybe helping other people with their problems all the time because of their heart songs is affecting Zoe's own life. And we all have thoughts on that that I'm sure we're going to talk about at the end too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Jinx. <laughs> so then we're at Mo's. Um, Mo is putting together a little uh, boys' night with Simon and Max, and uh, to watch her hamster. <laughs> yes, two straight men and a hamster. 
Um, cranky hamster. Okay, sorry, a cranky hamster. Yes, because they had a bite. <laughs> they do. He, can't believe he's still mad about that. <laughs> Mo has a completely different outfit and hairstyle, so it must have been at least thirty minutes ago. Um, <laughs> but they're going to watch a sporting event <laughs> of some kind, so that's good. Um, and you know, I'm, I was putting in my notes that like you can't ignore postpartum depression, but like on the other hand, you also can't just ignore everyone else in your life or yourself. Um, because as Mo points out, Zoe says she's fine, but her cuticles are telling a different story. Um, New number two. As I look with great shame at my own cuticles. Mine are in a very sorry state as well. At least we're coming out of winter when I have the dry hands, because that's a terrible thing. Um, so maybe I'll get my, my nail beds in better shape soon. <laughs> yeah. And we have, uh, first of all, Zoe uh, refers to them maybe talking about their feelings at intermission. She's like, does this sport have an intermission? <laughs> and I love her for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that is after the uh, beautiful three-part harmony heart song of Tearing Up My Heart sung by uh, Simon and Max and Mo, which is beautiful. Oh, oh so good. my. And I noticed how, well, first of all, the harmonies, the harmonies that mm-hmm. I wrote down harmonies. Yeah. Like just, ah, gorgeous. I had goosebumps. But so good. The, the boy band choreography that yeah. double tap on your heart. Yeah, but I noticed, I noticed, so Max is doing it in a very kind of movement, but mm-hmm. Simon is like full-on heartthrob boy band kind of movement. Like, he is committed to the boy band movement <laughs> in the choreography yeah. with this one, because... Um, because Max kind of looked like he's in Jersey Boys or something, you know. <laughs> Max always looks like he's in Jersey Boys or something. Because <laughs> he should be. <laughs> yeah. But there was like the, and I think because it was like primarily Simon's song, or at least Simon started the song while the, all three of them were feeling the same. Yeah. Um. Just. Simon had the lead singer vibe yes. going with how he performed the choreography and, and how how he committed to the part. He yeah. very much commits to his choreography. Oh, yes. definitely. So what we're getting here is, you know, each of them has their own thing going on. This is what happens when it's the second season of a show and all of your characters are interesting. Now they all have things going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know and this show neatly resolves the issue of trying to cover everyone's struggles by having them uh, sing a song together which is great yeah. um, so Simon is you know he loves Zoe but he's struggling with her not really giving him enough attention and yeah, being so focused on other stuff yeah and and Matt's 
you know, can't stop checking Rose's uh, Instagram or whatever. And <laughs> she's, she's at a thing and she couldn't get a plus one and he just wants to be with her and he doesn't want to keep things casual. He wants to be in a relationship, even if it has to be long distance. And Mo just, you know, wants to know where he stands with Perry and meet the kids and like move the relationship along, which is actually, by the way, huge step for Mo um, compared to first season Mo. Um, but yeah, so everyone's kind of, they're all kind of like wanting to be deeper in the relationship or more committed than what they think that their partner is giving them. Yeah. In different ways. What was really interesting to me, and we've talked about this a little bit before, but like, Zoe, and I think this is because so much uh, emotion is externalized for her through these heart songs. Um, But she doesn't seem able, even when she gets new information like that, like here are three people showing you how much they are having challenges and difficulties. She still can't change course from what it was that she was going to do starting the night, right? And part of that in this episode is I think she recognizes how close to crisis Emily is and that Emily needs to be a priority. But once again, like there's other than, hey, take care of each other. And if any of you want to talk about stuff, you should do that. Like, but she she has a really hard time um, pivoting to figure out okay is there a way that I could bring Emily into this or is there a way that you know I can bring Mo to come with me and Emily or you know could I help more than one person at a time kind of thing um she just she can't make that change in behavior uh even when new new data comes in yeah and I think this is such a this whole episode is like a situation where it's like there's not a clear answer um on like what Zoe should be doing differently at most points you know it's like oh no you have to let Simon know how much you care about him but also you absolutely must try to get through to Emily (laughs) and and there's it's just there's so much but in this episode yeah um it's it's got a it's got a big but um all over the place and it cannot lie so (laughs) Um, so then we start to see, uh, Deb and Maggie at the casino. Um, so uh, the dealer already knows Deb by a different name. I think it was Vivian, maybe. Yeah. So she's telling, um, Maggie, she could be anybody here. So Maggie is not good at improv. No, no, no. No. So she's Savannah from Savannah appreciate her second attempt in improv yes she long island Island. Island. yes Yes. long island was much better yes i did love that that's what she was in for (laughs) (laughs) just kidding it was tax evasion evasion. i had had you going (laughs) also i loved it the it was a callback to the very beginning when she got coffee and her her cup was for Peggy, and right. uh, they accused her of stealing Peggy's coffee. So, all right, fine, I'll be Peggy. 
<laughs> I'm still Peggy's accent. <laughs> right. So good. So good. But yeah, in this in this first part, Maggie's not good at improv at all. She's Savannah from Savannah. Not great. Um, do we have any more notes on that specific no. part? No. Okay. No. Um so at Zoe's, uh Emily shows up and you know, they're apparently the plans that they made were girls' night and nothing more specific. So Zoe's ready, bunny slippers, cozy pajamas, cookie dough. Um, she's going to braid Emily's hair into submission. Um, <laughs> yeah. Emily is dressed for the club. Um, and my only note really is, damn. Right? Hello. Yeah. Emily Hello. looks amazing. And I really like that Emily's like, okay, Zoe, I can't express to you how much I need to dance it out right now. So you need to change right now. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Zoe is the perfect single childless friend. Because that's not all. She's like, I need to hang out with someone who doesn't have kids, isn't a work friend, this is great. Let's go. Yep. Um, and I applaud Emily for making what she needs known. I also applaud Zoe for going, all right, well, I guess we're changing it up. <laughs> yeah. 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 The and yes, good job. Pivoting. The plan. Yeah. Although she's kept fixating on, so when can we should have a nice heart to heart in the middle of the club? Yeah, yeah. So then they're out at the club, and Emily just wants to get drunk and dance. And Zoe's like, "Let's find a quiet place to talk." It's not going to happen, Zoe. Um. (laughs) No, this woman brought her breast pump in a giant purse so she can pump and dump until the sunrise. Like yes. I love it. Admirable. I love it. It's great. Um, <laughs> I remember traveling around with a breast pump. Her bag is better than mine was. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Way cuter. So then we're we're at Moe's and we're just going to be kind of going for a while between uh, the club Moe's and the casino or Moe's is also about to become the spa um oh my goodness <laughs> yes, the boys are of mood routine yes the boys are about to have the girls night that Zoe thought she was gonna have with Emily yes and you know what's great is they're about to enjoy the fuck out of it yes um, they are Max and Simon they're like Okay, eye peels and foot baths. Got it. I'm in. <laughs> I love it. I love seeing them just pampering themselves a little and talking about their feelings. This is exactly what Zoe thought was going to happen. Exactly. Right? Like, oh, so good. You know, minus the cookie dough. Um, but they've got the. Uh, Zoe, Mo had some sort of lovely tray of food going. So yeah. it's not like they're. It's not like there's ever a lack of food at Moe's. No, no. never. Moe's always got a spread, 
you know. Oh yeah. So <laughs> much like uh, Daryl Whitefeather from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, King of the Spread. It's true. <laughs> yep. Um. So yeah, so we just kind of go back and forth here. Um, I did enjoy Maggie's uh, second character. That was some good stuff. Um, we got a little bit of follow up. Just a quick like acknowledgement that the, that the uh, Spark Point Diversity Initiative is still going on and Simon is still in charge of it. There was mm-hmm. no office in this episode at all. No. No no, leaf, no hashtag fuck Tobin. Nothing. It was weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, <laughs> so uh, Simon for a second almost had it. He was like do you two ever feel like Zoe has this supernatural ability (laughs) to know what you're thinking oh (laughs) so good and And immediately nope no idea alexa turn off spawn mode i have no idea what you're talking about (laughs) (laughs) yes uh yeah they're they were not subtle in their denial of that at all but no uh, that was that was very cute back to maggie for one second this is i almost googled where the hell is there a san francisco a casino in san francisco Mm -hmm. but that that just there must be took me out for a second there must be one it's probably called happy times funland that's happy times funland (laughs) the happy times funland casino yeah yeah off the top of my head i don't know of casinos in the bay area but probably if anybody wants to correct us please feel free to email (laughs) uh send feedback to sparkpod at gmail.com s-p-r-q-p-o-d at (laughs) gmail.com please send a link to a casino uh that we will you know visit on our san francisco pilgrimage when we're able to travel (laughs) absolutely um so yeah these are the good times that we're all having uh emily finds a guy who likes her and then he sees her boobs leak yeah Um, she's so nonchalant she's like oh i'm a mom it's just breast milk it's fine i'm like girl that's just gonna stain your shirt okay (laughs) yeah and that looks like a silk satin kind of right for sure yeah but uh yeah i can't even imagine how drunk you would have to be not to notice that your boobs are full and that you are letting down because it is a weird feeling (laughs) when when milk is coming out of you like i could always feel that happening so um (laughs) that's i was like oh no oh girl but she she was cool about it because she's so drunk. She's what? like, it's fine. It's just breath milk. Okay, let's point out she is so drunk. She takes off her shoes in a club bathroom. Like, yeah. oh, Emily, put those on, honey. That's honey. this is how this is. Don't do that. No, no, please. Yeah, but that brings us to um, a very moving scene. Um, where you know Emily's pumping and then she just wants to get back out there on the dance floor when her boobs are no longer made of cement. Um, 
<laughs> and uh, <laughs> from personal experience, that's how it feels. And takes off her shoes. <laughs> Uh, and so he's trying to get her to open up and we get a heart song, uh, Gasoline, which is beautifully done. She's singing it beautifully and amazing dancing in a bathroom stall. It was just so beautiful. I'm like, how is this happening right now? Yeah, in that tiny little box. And she never, they never broke the boundaries of the box. Like it was definitely a no. Physical space restraint. And again, Alice Lee just makes it look natural and beautiful and like effortless. Yeah. Oh, she is a queen. And again, a beautiful song choice because that's, that's like relatable. You don't feel like you're a human being. Mm -hmm. It's, it's very much a thing like when you have a baby and I mean, the breastfeeding is part of it. Um, I'm just devoting everything you have to other people, you know, work, Miles, David, everything that she has is going to somebody else. And she's just chugging along. It feels like she's a machine and she's not. Mm-hmm human yeah she describes it that way in the next scene as Mm -hmm. you know when you become a mom you just become like this machine and even I mean I never um I never breastfed but the the feeling of being touched out four hours ago and it's not like you can stop it's not like you can say I'm touched out I'm out of here because it's thing needs you um so you can't you can't not keep going um and yeah the choice of gasoline for that song was just so again so heart-wrenching and so beautiful and so beautifully sung and danced even in that tiny little bathroom stall it was um it was such a perfect choice yeah and And again like Oh, good. I was going to say, and I just also, <sighs> we've talked about Jane Levy's facial expressions and her reactions mm-hmm. a lot. And you can see the major concern on her face. And as she's trying to look in and see what's going on, I mean, the fact that the breast pump is part of the percussion is also an interesting touch. <sighs> Yes. Um, but looking through the little opening of the door and then being like, I can't, I can't see her enough to know how I can help or know what I can do or, you know, so going into the next stall and then all of a sudden she becomes part of the choreography too, mm-hmm. because she's feeling some of the same things not for the same reasons, not for, not to the same extent or anything like that, but just, I loved how you, that overhead shot mm-hmm. of Emily in one stall sitting on the toilet and just 
breaking into herself and Zoe next to her sitting on the toilet and looking up and being like, I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, was, I was actually just about to say the same thing about her reactions and her, you know, she's not stealing focus, but there are moments where the camera's on her and she's, you know, reacting and you can see she's trying so hard to get through to her and the, the bathroom stall is just even a perfect representation because it's like she's trapped in this box and mm-hmm. Zoe's trying to reach her and she can kind of see little pieces of her here and there, but she can't get through. Right. You know? And the best way to relate is for her to get in the box next to her, you know, and then we, yeah, we get the beautiful overhead shots and, you can see Zoe feeling some of that pain too. And then, you know, they end with um, sitting on the floor and holding hands under the, under the stall door. And it's like, it's just so touching. And that's kind of like, Zoe wasn't, pushing too hard she was just there you know and I think that's that's kind of maybe where I took issue with Simon's advice was maybe you don't need to push but you do need to be there you can't just leave her alone you know right yeah so and when Zoe says it's okay we're going to be okay yeah I'm like oh okay I felt that I just i there were a lot of feelings in this episode. Yeah. Um, so many. I, I am a highly feeling person to begin with. And there was a lot. A lot, yeah. a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, David said in the beginning of the episode that, uh, you know, one minute she's fine and the next minute she's crying at yogurt commercials. And so he was like, that could happen to anyone. And I was like, yes. Absolutely. Yep. <laughs> I think oh, it was yogurt. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It, it could be any food commercial. I will cry. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What yeah. the commercial is for, there's going to be times that you're crying at a commercial and you're like, why am I crying at this commercial? I don't know. <laughs> Jake from State Farm. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're 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 getting into the the feelings now because um, then after that they go back to Zoe's house and uh, Emily and guess what apologizes again because um, she again she just feels like it's a burden for people to have to see her emotions and like especially for the Clarks it is not a burden that is how right. they feel close to other people you know yes. it is again okay. like she explicitly states like I can't talk I don't feel like I can talk to David about this because he's mourning right and so she's highly aware of what others are going through and she just doesn't want to feel like a burden um which I mean yeah I get it um but I love how Zoe tells her you have the right to feel the way that you're feeling too like it, it isn't she doesn't say this, but it's not the grief Olympics. Like we right. can all 
struggling at the same time for different reasons and that's okay yeah absolutely and Emily is clearly you know a person who is used to doing the be strong for everybody else thing you know and Mm -hmm. just need to make sure everyone out there knows that showing your emotions is not at all opposed to being strong Um, no it's not weakness but um but you know that's she feels like she should be able to solve all her own problems herself yes and I should be able to fix this but it's not something that you can fix on your own sometimes no yeah and part of that is like her track record she's always been able to fix things on her own for herself but again this is not one that's gonna this is not one that's gonna get better without you know talking to somebody um this is also the scene where we do see sort of a a passive suicidal ideation of i can't help but feel like miles would be better off without me yeah which oh my goodness again like the compulsion to reach through the tv and just pat her hair and hold her and say no he would not yeah Uh, you know uh, yeah she and zoe says you know that's not the case he you know absolutely needs you and you're a great mom and she says like logically i know that's true but uh, yeah that that sentence like i can't help but think he'd be better off without me is the thing that struck me most like in the whole episode because that is exactly what it feels like and that is exactly what you think when you're going through that you know um when you're having like the sort of like you said passive suicidal ideation she's not talking about like imagining how she would do it but yeah that is a thought of it would be better if I weren't here anymore Mm -hmm. right and And it's sometimes it's not I wish I were dead it's just it might be easier to not be alive yeah Yeah. sometimes it's it would be easier to not be alive I wish I could not be in life anymore I mean I have described it as I wish to unsubscribe from life you know Mm -hmm. um but or everyone here would be better off without me this is sort of a feeling of like again you're a burden to everyone or they you're not bringing anything good to their lives um and it's, I mean, it's so very obvious that that's not the case, but it doesn't matter that it's obvious that that's not the case because there's just a thing in your brain that's telling you, yeah, these people would be better off without you. Yeah. You should, you should go, it's, you know, and you should not go. No. Really hard to argue with that voice with logic. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a logical voice and it doesn't shut up when you contradict it. Nope. Um, I That's why I was yeah. glad that she said, yeah, logically I know that, but I don't feel that way. Yeah. Exactly. Anxiety, depression, they are not logical. No. To quote the fabulous Jenny Lawson, depression is a liar. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I've said a couple times, I'm like, my my brain is lying to me mm-hmm. yeah I did tell someone else in my life who has struggled with stuff like this to 
try to give it a name um you know so that you can for one thing that makes it easier to talk about but also to talk back to and uh and he he called it karen um (laughs) (laughs) so it was like shut up karen (laughs) like you can tell it to shut up it might not make you go away but it's a reminder to yourself to stand up for yourself Mm -hmm. Um, and not just not let that be the only voice even if you can't make it go away to not let it be the only voice and that's that's why it's important to talk to somebody else because then you get that other voice that tells you you know no karen's lying she's a dumb bitch don't listen to her right Um, (laughs) right she's a liar she doesn't know anything and you know you're awesome yeah which actually takes us straight into church on sunday yeah oh that's so um yeah so the preacher gives this sermon about how people need to lean on each other and not just god but to be there for each other um and mo comes out and sings uh i look to you uh which is so beautiful um and it turns out perry did bring his kids to see him sing, which was nice, but uh, we need to talk about Zoe first. Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah, because this was just it for her. She was clearly, you know, up for a while talking with Emily, which was great because that really did, um, you know, have an effect and it was very helpful to Emily. So, you know, kudos to her. But yeah, she's been... She's been giving it all to other people now, too. Mm-hmm. You know, and not taking care of herself, not filling her own cup, so to speak. And, um, you know, this is an emotional moment for her. And the, through the whole song, I'm just like, oh, my God, Simon is right next. Just just hold his hand. Just hold the man's hand, please. Right? And then finally, at the end of the song, he shows them holding hands. I'm like, just let him know the person who's there for him is you. And the person who you want to be there for you is him. I mean, Zoe is lucky because she does have a lot of people who will be there for her. Um, And so so Simon, obviously, Max and Mel were there for him. And and Tatiana hopefully has not gone away forever just because she's no longer needed for plot reason. (laughs) He'll be back. We hope. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, signal to this person while while we're hearing this song about you know about being there for each other and for you know relying on each other please just do the physical signal of yeah this is about you and me (laughs) you know and and allow him to comfort you because you're clearly distressed right now absolutely i did write a little note it's okay zoe i cry at church sometimes too (laughs) (laughs) Like there yeah. definitely there are definitely mornings in the pew where I'm like, oh yeah, it's okay. We're crying today. Got it. Okay, this is what's happening. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, I cry when people sing songs. So, <laughs> oh yeah, it is almost always uh, during one of the songs that the crying happens. I also my other note for this scene um, <gasps> is that this is the best lipstick color Mo has ever worn. Oh yeah, that like bricky maroon red with that dress with the cape sleeves. Yes, 
Yeah. <laughs> this was a great look. The whole thing. You're right. It was a great lipstick. And Zoe's uh, church dress was nice, too. Yeah. yeah. And not red. No. <laughs> yeah. Surprising. Blue. Supposed to, which is a very calming color. Yeah. Which she needed because she was not calm. No. No, but it did very coordinated with Simon because Simon does wear a lot of blue. It's true. They look nice together. Um, And so Perry did introduce the kids to Mo and the kids like Mo and Mo likes the kids. Perry did say this is my friend. Um, Which is I, you know, I mean, different people do things in different ways. Do what you think is going to work for you and your kids. But also know that kids aren't dumb. No. Right. They know. Please. But okay. Mo also does not know how to react to this. And is like, yes, platonic friend. Do you know what that means? <laughs> <laughs> do you know what the word platonic means, kids? We're going to have a dictionary. You know? Oh my goodness. Like, yeah, just, just go along. It's fine. And, you know, some people want to just uh, introduce their person that they're dating to their kids as a friend to not put too much pressure on it and not make the kids feel like, oh, this is somebody who's in our lives and I have to get along with them. They can kind of just form an opinion about what that person's like um, before they, you know, are cast in that slightly different light. I know. It's okay. The the kids react really well because August wants to know if she's a famous, if Mo is a famous pop star because he sings like one. Um, yeah. And Amanda wants to know if she can get her hair done like that. And there was a moment um, <laughs> where Mo goes, you don't do their hair, do you? And he goes, no. And Mo just goes, mm. like, he knew? He knew. Yeah, he and he like ever there. so slightly glances at the top of Perry's head. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, well, yeah, mm-hmm. right. and and you can I can practically see Mo a couple weeks in the future, like braiding Amir's hair at it at his apartment, and like you know chit chatting this kid up and and bonding over you know beauty routines. Like I feel like that's coming. Yeah, yeah. I liked Perry's reasoning for why he changed his mind. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. because it's like okay, we're gonna go see someone I know and someone I care about sing at church, and this is something that they love. They love yeah. to sing, and mm-hmm. you know, wanting to introduce the kids to Mo when he's in his element, like fully in his his happy place, right? Like in his best self. Yeah. yeah. Um it is a definitely a good way to pretty much guarantee that the first impression's gonna be pretty positive. Yeah. True, true. <laughs> yeah, and I think having just uh come out of that situation of having performed and knowing he did a good job, I think Mo was in a good place like mentally and emotionally to not feel as nervous about right. meeting the kids you know it's feeling good 
the kids are like, oh, wow, you're awesome and amazing. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was a good it was a good scenario in which to introduce them. So well played, Perry the platypus. Good job. <laughs> um, and we have a brief scene at Maximo. Um, mm-hmm. So Mags presents Rose with a lanyard <laughs> with a little story about how he made her one at camp and didn't give it to her because she was with, uh, and I didn't write down the other guy's name, but Hartman. Yeah. He, what did he smell like? Money exchange or something? Yeah. yeah. He, he wore ribbed tank tops and yeah. smelled like Armani exchange. And this is how you know these characters are younger than us because if they were our age, he would have been, he would have smelled like Dracar Noir. Absolutely. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was going to bring that up. <laughs> I had a boyfriend oh. in high school for a while who were so much Drakkar. Um, I, I mean, you could smell him coming. <laughs> I held oh. hands with him and then I smelled like Drakkar. Yeah. <laughs> so, from holding hands and walking down the hall. It was a lot. <laughs> that's like a that's too much. Well, that's you know, like... the Minta Burst gum kind of cut it a little bit. Oh, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> it was a good combo. It was his, his signature aroma of Dracar Noir oh. and Minta Burst gum. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that. He was fresh, though. You know. No bad breath, no BO. <laughs> Mid-90s, baby. Mid-90s. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Yep. Good times, good times. I was flannel shirting it up. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yep. yeah. Vicky um, Vicky's car. Yeah. When we were first in college, man, I loved that mm-hmm. Hot. <sighs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, a lanyard. <laughs> A lanyard. So, uh, <laughs> Rose does ask him if uh, if he saved that all that time. He's like, "No, I made that one this morning. Still got it." <laughs> so, I, I love that. But then the uh, so the uh, upshot of this is that they are agreeing to try doing a long distance relationship. They both wanted to, but neither of them wanted to say that they wanted to. Blah blah blah. But yeah, they love you know. They like each oh. other a lot. They like like each other like each other. The yeah, relief on their faces when they're realizing because I, you know neither of them wanting to put the pressure on it, neither of them wanting to make it such a big deal, yet they both were feeling it and then realizing that the other one was feeling it too and feeling pretty much the same way. And like, I don't want this to end and I'm really enjoying being with you. And who cares if you're on the other side of the country? Yeah. I'm loving not having to be in that stage of a relationship where you have to worry about whether it's okay to like, tell the other person that you like spending time with them <laughs> like, <laughs> like a lot 
<laughs> God, yeah. I'm just like, yeah, no. I, my girlfriend knows that I like her. <laughs> that yeah. I like like her, like her. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> it's okay. We don't have to talk about uh, if we're together, together or not. Are we, because are we it's been long enough. Yeah. Huh? Are we serious? Like, are yeah. we serious? Missy, are you and Brian serious? Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we, I think, I Beth, I'll correct me if I'm wrong. I think we actually haven't been married as long as you and Vic have by like six months. No. <laughs> correct. We were born. We were um, born. <laughs> Yikes. No. <laughs> we were married in March of 2000. Yeah, and we were until we, September, so like right. Yeah, yeah. We've we've but still got some place to catch up. Longer. Yeah, but yeah. you have been together longer because you were dating before Vic and I were dating. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess I'll keep him. That's yeah. the upshot. I haven't made him a lanyard lately. Maybe I need to. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. frankly. Gone. I've still got it too. That was a double lanyard. He used lime green and yellow lanyard, and uh, he did a beautiful job. But it wasn't a terribly long one. That probably didn't take. Him no, it was out. not. Yeah, what it was not. <laughs> Thank you. Twenty-something years of Girl Scout camp. Yeah, yeah. I'm like that I can still nice make on her keychain, I guess. Yeah. Um. <laughs> Once she goes back to New York. I'm going to headcanon Rose is queer and therefore has a lot of keys. Um, so <laughs> for me, in my mind, it's going on her enormous keychain. Um, <laughs> so it's fine. Headcanon accepted. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. Um, so that was cute. That was sweet. And speaking of sweet, adorable, straight couples, David and Emily. Um, so really quickly, just, you know, we check in with them and, uh, <laughs> Emily asks how many drunk messages she left for David last night. Um, and you know, they have a little cutesy moment and she tells him she has to tell him something and that she, she comes out and says it, which I really appreciate that she thinks she has postpartum depression and that she needs help professional um, yeah professional help and he says and i love him so much he says i'm here whatever you need yeah oh, that was hot tale. Oh, so yeah. good so good that was some real uh christoph and frozen 2 energy yes i yes, was just was. thinking that <laughs> yeah hot Speaking of which, when is Jonathan Groff going to be on this show? For God's sake. Please. Can we? Can we please? Let's. I, we should pitch it to NBC. Yeah. Hashtag Groff sauce on Zoe's. <laughs> yes. Oh. Put it on Instagram. <laughs> that worked so, so well so far. <laughs> Groff sauce on Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah, but but yeah, that was great. I mean, perfect reaction, David. Thank you, thank you for being a plus husband here. Absolutely, yeah. And it um, follows up with how he was emoting during his heart song. Yeah, 
he means it. Like he, he meant it at the beginning of the episode. Yeah, like I would do ready. anything. He's been ready to say yes to this for her. Yeah. Right. And good job having your behavior be consistent with your emotions. Way to go. Yeah. Um, We appreciate that. Maturity. I love it. I love it. Couples supporting each other. People getting help that they need for their mental health because your mental health is important and it's really part of your physical health. Hey, your brain is part of your body. I don't know if you know this. What? Um, (laughs) Yep. True story. Brain health. Are you know? And we have a very quick scene of Maggie at the casino by herself. And uh, she sees the dealer who recognizes her from before, but then she corrects her as to who she actually is. And um, that scene left me with so many questions. Yeah. It set off so many alarm bells for me. Like, A, is she just going to kind of reclaim herself as Maggie? Are we setting up that she has some kind of gambling addiction? Or Mm -hmm. even worse, some kind of improvisational theater addiction because (laughs) any of those. That is worse, though. That is worse. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, are there improv classes near her? Because she needs some work. (laughs) That's a slippery slope. When you start with the improv classes, it's just, it's downhill. You know, next thing you know, you're writing for Saturday Night Live. It's bad. (laughs) No bueno. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was a little concerned, too. I was like, yeah, but she's at the casino. I I don't know. I'm not a gambling person. I'm not a person who enjoys gambling. So I don't know if it's, like, chill to go to the casino by yourself and play a little if you're you know just a person who likes a little gamble now and then <laughs> so i am a person who enjoys gambling and enjoys going to casinos when i'm not dead broke um and i'm the child of two people who loved to go to casinos my dad liked casinos to the point where he wrote himself a little computer script to like figure out the odds of craps because he didn't believe that the casinos were giving him the right odds so like also nerdy gambling in my wow. family. But yeah. yeah. Um, but like for me, it is absolutely a social thing. It is I am good, I play blackjack, I play it for as cheap as possible, and mostly I'm there to flirt with the uh, the dealer and like chat with the other people at the table. Um, whether or not my husband is one of those people at the table. Um, so like that was why it rang alarm bells for me. Is it is for me personally, it is very much a social activity. Um, and it always makes me sad when there are people at a casino all by themselves, because then it's not necessarily about social connection. But for Maggie, it might have been because she isn't wanting to hang out with her couple friends. And Deb probably doesn't have every second to dedicate to her. So, yeah. Yeah. It left me with questions. Yeah. Is she just there to kind of be there as herself, but not, you know, um, widow Maggie, but just. Maggie the person Mm -hmm. or or yeah or are we setting up oh now she's gonna have a gambling addiction yeah I I don't know yeah I was very much in the same vein in my thoughts I was like is this 
let me try something by myself. Let me see what it's like to do something by myself that I haven't done by myself before. Mm-hmm. Or is this, are we going to now retreat into some other awfulness? Because there has definitely been a lot of mental health alarm bells going off all over the place. Yeah. So it's hard. And when, as Emily alluded to, it's like David's still grieving. Yeah. So's Maggie. So's Zoe. So's Emily. So's yeah. everybody, you know? And so it and can also be. Also, Emily, so are you. <laughs> right. You know. Yeah. Right. Um, but it can be really hard to try and function and show up for those around you and still have the feelings and the grieving process that you need. And, and it looks different for each person. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't have a lot that's profound to say with that, but just that I, I was concerned because I'm not sure where this is going and I hope it doesn't become an unhealthy coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I guess we'll see if it comes up again or if this was just, you know, I'm going to go do a thing by myself for a little bit and, you know, Maggie might be trying to just kind of reconnect with herself and figure out who she is by herself, too. So yes. could be that. We'll see. And then just before we leave, we are in a therapist's office. The therapist is Oscar from The Office. That is exactly um. what I wrote down. <laughs> Oscar yeah. from The Office is Zoe's therapist. Oh, my God. Well, and it's it's a little switcheroo because it shows you the therapist. And you're like, oh, okay, cool. Emily's going to therapy. And, and I'm sure she will be. But nope. Switch. It's Zoe. Um, she says that um, she has a superpower and she's afraid it's ruining her life. Yeah. Which is like, okay. Yeah, we kind of have seen it coming this episode. Okay. Can I just say that I think the most unrealistic part of this whole episode is how fast that she got in with a therapist. I wrote that (laughs) down too. Are you reading my notes? No. (laughs) It's just we're three women who have had intimate like dealings with mental health (laughs) and trying to get appointments and all of the, there is no way no that in network <laughs> provider who had a space in their schedule who was also taking new patients yeah right was, at yeah. a time that well i was gonna say at a time that zoe's available but zoe's only commitment is the fourth floor where she's the queen and can leave anytime she wants so i guess right uh, boss yeah you know. it's, it's well, helpful to be the boss of the fourth floor you know, wait, maybe he's the spark pod on staff therapist. Or maybe. Spark, oh, spark point. I'm sorry. I was talking about us. We don't have a therapist. Yeah, maybe he's uh, in the building. Who knows? 
I mean, we serve as each other's therapists sometimes. (laughs) We do. We do. We don't have Oscar, but (laughs) But we have each other. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I kind of, I had a lot of mixed feelings this episode because I, I hate to see the toll that it's taking on Zoe to be helping other people all the time. Um, but in this case, life, it was an emergency and not having helped somebody this time could have had really dire consequences. Yeah. Um, we, they could all have been grieving again, you know. Very um, easy. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and even if not that, people shouldn't have to suffer. People you know, shouldn't have to suffer through depression, even if they're, they're not going to end their lives. Like, so that doesn't mean it's okay. No. (laughs) Um, but, but at the same time, like, yeah, you can't, you can't let things consume you to the point where you're not taking care of yourself, you know, put on your own oxygen mask before helping somebody else with theirs. You know, it's, it's, it's so hard to find the balance and what is the right thing to do. And sometimes you may go through a phase where you're helping other people so much you forgot about yourself. And then there's a backlash where, you know, now you have to really take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and, and in Zoe's case, take care of yourself, um, you know, might mean tend to your relationship also with Simon. Yeah. There's, yes. There's more an area of your life that you can be taking care of yourself. Yeah, I mean, not professionally. Don't worry about Spark Point. They're fine. The fourth yeah. is fine. It's, it's, it's all good. <laughs> but Alicia, the receptionist, has it all under control. <laughs> She's got it under control. She'll take care of Leaf and make sure that he does his damn job and that Simon is working on the diversity initiative. You go to therapy and take care of your cuticles, girl, please. Yeah. That's a mess. It is nice to see a show actually portray someone outside of their workplace and only outside of their workplace, um, that they are more than what they do for a living. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I think as a society, we often put so much um emphasis on the value that we hold um and bring to society based on our work based on you know um what we can do for other people uh that it's very nice to just see the interpersonal relationships yeah the, things and it's a good reminder that everybody's probably got something going on Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. just be kind (laughs) and listen I mean like don't be a jerk I after the last four years really people can we just not be jerks (laughs) (sighs) can we all please try to be best be best. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> well done. Take that bow, Trisha. 
thank you thank you <laughs> yeah just uh, it, that's a good point because um and you know it, this is a like a, a whole life sitcom not a workplace sitcom and not a, a family sitcom it's, it's a it's a this is your main character and well it's, it's more of a dramedy but it's uh it's you know it's about this person and these are all the aspects of her life and yeah you know sometimes there's not anything going on at work that's noteworthy and we certainly had enough storylines going on here so yeah we'll get back on and the megaphone soon right yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) i'm sure we have full working models from r&d of the microphone and the megaphone to take a look at next week hopefully i'm and you know, I'm sure that it's probably about time for Leaf to have a personal problem that he needs help with, and then maybe Zoe can struggle with whether to help him with it because that's the problem. Is you know, people are singing songs to Zoe, and they're not going to stop until she helps them. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not so much like, oh, I want you to stop singing, please, but like. It, it is hard when you know or you have an idea as to what's going on with somebody. Mm-hmm. They're having an issue. It is hard just to say, no, I can't help you with that. Yeah. You know? And to know when is it okay not to help them with that. Right. Or when is it okay to delegate somebody to help them with that? Yeah. yeah. You know, to be like, which I think she was kind of trying to do, like, as she's leaving mm-hmm. Spa Night. Well, what became Boys Night that became Spa Night. Yeah. Um, saying, like, all right, all of you are evolved enough that if you actually start talking, you're going to be good. <laughs> like, you and guys they did actually... start talking. You guys can actually take care of each other. Yeah. I know you guys can actually take care of each other. You have enough of a friendship between the three of you. I think if I just give you a nudge, maybe that'll that'll be okay. They'll be all right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I think she does struggle with the extent that she needs to um intervene. And yeah. knowing what is the extent that she needs to intervene. Oh, but after definitely. trying to do everything herself. Wow. Weird. <laughs> well, I don't know anyone like that. <laughs> nope. Certainly not me. Hopefully no. that is something that Oscar from the office can help her with. Yeah. Setting those. Yeah. Delegating responsibilities, setting boundaries, you know, stuff like that. I mean, it is something that I'm struggling with at work and, and at home um yeah. you know not being the person who does everything for everyone all the time um it, it is very important yeah yep. um and it's actually well that reminded me because I, I was thinking about this in relation to emily um you know as one does occasionally you just google signs of a heart attack in women because you do <laughs> you know just because yeah um typically the types of signs that women experience are different from men it's not the the classic i'm clutching my chest and falling to the floor thing it, you know the symptoms are different uh women may experience uh Heart. jaw pain and nausea 
Um, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, as you do, you just you just Google these things sometimes, just because it doesn't matter just- why. <laughs> but um, yeah, one of the articles that I saw said um, something like uh, a lot of the time. For one thing, because the symptoms might not be as dramatic, but also um, women may not seek help for uh, even when they suspect they might have a heart attack because they're they feel more obligated to take care of other people and they worry about what will happen, uh, you know, to other people in their lives if they're in the hospital for a while or if they stop what they're doing for a minute and go to the emergency room, <laughs> you know, and it even said um that a lot of the time women will suspect they might be having a heart attack and just take an aspirin just in case, but also not go to the hospital to find out if they are. And if you suspect you're having a heart attack enough that you want to take an aspirin for it, you should also go to the emergency room and find out. Right. <laughs> like, like, the aspirin alone is not going to do this. Let's actually get this taken care of. I felt a little called out. Um and uh, <laughs> but it's also you know relevant to what Emily was going through in this episode it, it, you know feeling like if she has a problem it's it is very harmful to her and she's not seeking help with it because she feels like you know she has all these obligations to other people and um, she can't be out of commission you know yeah um and yeah, it's always going to kind of end up going down the same road, I guess, if she doesn't take care of those cuticles, metaphorically yeah. speaking, you know, the cuticles um, of her, her mind and her soul. Of my soul. Now, now I'm thinking, um, uh, they might be giants. <laughs> Little cuticles of my soul. Um, so, um, favorite lines from this episode? Okay, so I wrote down two, and we already went over the um, five-year-old. Yes. But I have a backup. Um, and this is only funny in context, because it is in... Um, it is about a hamster. <laughs> <laughs> we got into a fight earlier, and he's a little angry at me. <laughs> it's only funny because he's talking about a hamster. John Hamster. I well, I mean, it, it did strike a chord with me because it sounds like something I would say about one of my cats. Yes. <laughs> I honestly I, think we probably had a conversation about your cats that was almost verbatim. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, she's not talking. To me. Well, they're all they're all about to be mad at me because I think I'm going to trim their nails after we uh, get off this call. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It's going to be rough in here. I don't think I'm getting any cuddles tonight because they're all going to be angry. Oh, no. So, yeah. as I said, my favorite is I'm casual, not a monster. Yeah. That was a good one. And I think mine actually was from Zoe uh, in the bunny slippers and pajamas offering Emily, hey, take a hit off this cookie dough. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So I want to add a new uh, question at the end of the episode. Um, and I didn't put a lot of thought into this one myself, so I should have done that. Um, what is your heart song right now? 
I can think. Oh, go ahead. My song yesterday was definitely Manic Monday. (laughs) Uh, It just was one. And honestly, it leaked enough into today that I could still consider today to be a Manic Monday. That is, that's my heart song. Nice. Um, Bethel, if you need a minute, I feel like mine has been um, today nonstop from Hamilton, but the version where it's just me trying to sing all of the parts at the same time. <laughs> Which is really fun when you're just doing it in the kitchen, but it is it's not fun when it's a metaphor for your life and your uh, mental state. <laughs> so that's me. Yeah. You might need to slow it down a bit today. <laughs> I am having a really hard time with this one right now. Um what actually is running through my head right now sounds really depressing and I don't actually feel all that depressed, but, um, hurt the Johnny cash version is running through my head right now. And, And I think part of that is just because this episode has been, was so emotional and has dredged up a lot that I'm just kind of feeling that, I'm not actively depressed right now, but I'm having lots of memories of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That's reasonable. But definitely Johnny Cash version, not the original Nine Inch Nails version. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. That was that was a good version. It's a good one. I mean, it's a good song. It's not. It's not a good way to be feeling. <laughs> but it's a good no. song, and it's okay not to be okay. By the way, everybody, it's okay not to be okay. But it's it even better to get help for it. Yeah, just remember, we love you, even though we don't know you. Well, we might. We might know some of you. Yeah, yeah that's true. But even if we don't. Okay, I think that's a good way to end. We love you. We love, we love you. you. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This has been Spark Pod, a podcast about Zoe's extraordinary playlist with Trisha Montez, Bethel Willingham, and Missy Carvin. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate us and uh, share a review on whatever streaming service you use. And you can give us feedback at our Gmail account, SparkPod, that's S-P-R-Q- P-O-D at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.